0: This is most certainly true. The Word became flesh. Our Savior God was born a humble baby to set a world of sinners free. He became a person so that he could save people like us. And because he lived and died in our place, now we have a promise of life forever in heaven. Join our celebration of the birth of Jesus with this sermon recently delivered at Grace.
1: John's Gospel, chapter 1. It serves as the basis for the sermon. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life
2: Alexa, turn on the Christmas tree. Is that a sentence that was spoken in your house this past month? If not, you are missing out. <laughs> I contend, my humble opinion, is that the price of a voice-controlled home system is worth it just for its convenience factor in the month of December. Just for this one function so that you don't have to crawl on your belly under the tree to hit the switch so that you don't have to balance precariously between wall and tree and present to pull the cord out of the wall. How much easier and nicer is it to say, Alexa, turn off Christmas tree. And I haven't even begun to talk about the conveniences of having multiple Wi-Fi plugs so that you can set programs in your home, so that you can have timers, so that you can have multiple things happen with one command. No more three minutes worth of walking around the house turning off lights. Now, Alexa, good night. It's good enough. It all happens. No more risking first-degree burns, blindly sticking your hand under a lampshade, looking for the dial. No more following the power cord behind the end table to find that weird rectangular spinny dial, clicky on-off thing. How much better to be able to say, Alexa, let there be light. I know that you know this, but it's worth the reminder that our God is light years ahead of us in this regard. Our God has been making things happen with His voice for more than 6,000 years. From day one, from the very beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Exactly when and where and how He desired. That's a truth that the apostle John doesn't want us to overlook as he begins to pen his gospel which is our appointed gospel for Christmas day John chapter 1 verses 1 through 14 he starts his gospel the very same way that the first book of the bible begins in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 we get the account of God creating the world And beginning in John chapter 1, we have the account, the beginning of the account of the recreation, God carrying out the plan of salvation. Creation and recreation, and Christ Jesus is the star role in both. In the beginning was the Word, that's the Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. There's a reason that the Gospel of John needed to be written. After Genesis 1 and 2, after God created the world with his voice, he stepped back and looked and saw that it was very good. It was perfect. God said, But it didn't stick. Genesis 1 and 2 isn't the end of the story. Genesis 3 happened. The fall into sin. Satan slithered into the bright purity of perfection and he brought with him the cloud of darkness and evil. He clouded the judgment of Adam and Eve and blinded their eyes to see the truth. He tempted them to fall into sin and ever since darkness has been passed down from generation to generation. With perfect harmony, with God broken, now darkness reigned. Sin was born, and it dwells in people like a cancer, a deadly disease that creates harm, and if left unchecked, can do nothing but destroy. Sin grows in you, and it lurks, in me, we live under this cloud of darkness, and now our sinful nature gets the best of us, and we carry out the deeds of darkness. And as a result, we deserve what those who carry out deeds of darkness deserve. We receive, and rightly so, the, the threat of punishment and dam- damnation from our God. He tells us that we will be left in the dark outside of the sphere of his influence and his love. Yet as our gracious and compassionate God considers the prospect of people living in the darkness, he speaks. Let there be light. Here's how the prophet Isaiah said it in chapter 9 of his book. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Jesus was born to be light for our darkness. Jesus was born because he was the only one who could turn on the lights. He was the only one who could live the life that God demanded we live in his law. He was the only one who could live the perfect life, who could fulfill every letter of of every law. He was the only one who could pay the price to cover the sins of those who couldn't live that way. He was the only one who could become the sacrifice, and so that's precisely what he did. Christ Jesus took on human flesh. He took on human flesh to live the life that we couldn't, he took on human flesh. To perfectly satisfy the demands of the law. He took on flesh so that he could trade places with us. So that he could give us his perfection. And that he would take our sin. Taking our sin, he endured the wrath of God. The pain and the punishment that should have been ours. And he laid down his life to be the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you light a candle, eventually that flame goes out. Maybe it burns all the way down, or maybe the wick gets buried in a pool of wax and the flame goes out. Maybe there's a draft in your home, or someone walks past that candle too quickly, one way or another, eventually that candle goes out. But not so with Jesus. Christ Jesus shines. Even though the darkness has attempted to overcome him, Christ Jesus shines. Even though the devil tried to snuff him out. Even though, as John tells us, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him, even though his own people put him to death, Jesus still shines. And in fact, it's at precisely those times that he shines the brightest, as Jesus hangs on the cross, bearing your sins and mine, as he suffers and bleeds, as he gives up his spirit. That's when love really shines. As Jesus willingly allows his lifeless body to be taken from the cross and to be wrapped once more in strips of cloth, this time the cloth of death, that's when his love shines. They rolled a stone in front of his tomb, but it didn't block out the light. The light of Jesus, the light of his love, still shines. There we see our sins being paid for. There we see the love of God that Christ Jesus was willing to live and willing to die for our forgiveness. And then to show the world that the payment price had been accepted, to show him that sin's debt had been satisfied, to show us that the victory had been won, our God raised Jesus up from the dead. Is the Apostle Paul who was making a defense of his ministry and therefore making a defense of Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection before King Agrippa in Acts, in the book of Acts, where we read, The Messiah, he says, Paul says, The Messiah must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. In a dazzling display of power, light, and love, Christ Jesus burst forth in victory from the grave. He appeared to his followers so that they would understand that death couldn't hold them, that they would understand that the victory had been won, so that they would know that he came to bring them peace. Peace which the world cannot give. A peace which only Jesus, which only a living Jesus can give. And now those words have been inspired for us to read. And now that peace, that knowledge of a victory, that confidence that enemies have been defeated, it's ours as well. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace And truth. There is light. The Word became flesh. Christ Jesus became like us. He took on our flesh so that He could live in our place, so that He could die in our place. He humbly gave up a crown to take a manger and a cross and a tomb. He humbly lived that life so that we could be forgiven. And all of it, Christ's life for us, his death for us, the, the measure of his love, it all is absolute light. Sheer glory, wondrous love. Ponder those things with Mary. Celebrate them with the shepherds. Praise our God with the angels. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. But God wasn't done turning on the lights. As He planted faith in your heart through the power of the gospel, that's precisely what He did. He turned on the lights. He turned on the lights and, and chased the darkness out of your heart. He shone into your heart And into your life, helping you to see the salvation that is yours in Jesus. He lights up your life and claims you to be his own. This is the way that John speaks that amazing truth. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. God calls us through the light of his love, and he calls us to walk in the light of his love. This is the way that Jesus describes himself. John, later in his gospel, records these memorable words. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We have the light of life, showing us how to live and how to love. The light of life shines into our hearts and and around us so that we can see beyond ourselves. We can see the opportunity that God gives us to praise His holy name, to thank Him with lives of willing service. We can see the needs of others around us and the opportunities we have to reflect a love that's been given us in in the way that we treat them. We've been given an opportunity to support and defend, to care for and build up those that God has placed in our lives. And really it's the light of life that enables us to respond, to understand and to respond when our God says, let there be light in this dark world. Let there be light so that many more might see. It's the light of life that enables us to do just that. God calls us to share that gospel message so that the light isn't hidden anymore, but rather it can be shown to the corners of the earth. He calls you, and he calls me. God could have summoned Christmas angels every single day to announce the birth of Jesus, to announce his life, death, resurrection, to announce the good news, sins forgiven and heaven secured for all. He he could have sent angels to do that. He could have written those love letters by arranging the stars in the sky for all to see. God could have done that, but no, he chose you, and he chose me. And we are the perfect people to proclaim such a message. We are the perfect people to reflect light into the world because that light has been shown into our hearts, and now God calls us to be a beacon of that light, to reflect the light of Jesus and the love of Jesus so that many more might see, might hear, and might believe. Our call is the same call that God gives to John the Baptist. Here, the gospel writer John tells us of the Baptist, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. We've seen the light and so we can testify to the light. We've seen the light, and that means that we can be witnesses of that light to those living dark lives in our dark world. The shepherds saw brightness and light in the sky. They saw the glory of the angels with a glorious message to proclaim, but, but those shepherds understood that even more glorious are the words that the angels were speaking. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Christmas is really about light. Not the lights on the tree, not the lights in or on your home, but the light in the manger, the light that was sent to scatter the darkness, the light that was sent to secure salvation for all who believe in his name. And that light shines. It shines into your heart and into your life. And it shines into the life that you live and the words that you speak. And may God grant that many more might stand in the light, the light that we are privileged to shine into the world. Then they might know what we know, that the greatest light is yet to come the light of heavenly glory in perfect paradise at Jesus' side forever. You know, John never stops talking about the light. It's in the book of Revelation that he shares with us what he is blessed to be able to see, a vision of heaven. I saw no temple in the city for its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. This Christmas and every day, let there be light. Let there be light in your hearts, in your lives, and in your eternal future. That is your confidence because when your God speaks, things happen. That is our hope and that is our assurance because light was born on Christmas.
0: Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace, to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, and to find our schedule of special worship services, please visit www.gracedowntown.org today. And we'd love to have you join us for worship sometime soon. This grace is for you.